than in the best hospital I know. Amen. Hallelujah. I'm glad I'm in the house of God. David said it well. David said it well. He said, I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of the wicked. He said, it's one thing if I desire that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. Amen. Behold the beauty of the Lord and inquire in his temple. Amen. If you are in John chapter number 8, verse number 30. John chapter number 8. In verse number 30, I'm going to take every suit that I own that's got a vest and I'm going to burn it in the yard. Amen. Every song I've sung, I've gotten out of breath. I don't know what the problem is. Amen. Amen. I'm going to, uh, amen. We're just going to deal with that part of the wardrobe. Hallelujah. Why are you going to, why is a man going to wear a girdle? Tell the truth. I mean, honestly. Isn't that what a vest is? It's just a girdle. That's all it is. Amen. You know what a girdle is, don't you? It's something that's used to stop the spread of an unfortunate situation. (laughs) Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. I'm glad some of you are starting to loosen up just a little bit. Amen. Some of you are mad because you're wearing a girdle, but that's all right. Look around. There's a lot of unfortunate situations around. Amen. We just need to dismiss, don't we? Amen. <laughs> John chapter 8 in verse number 30. When you get there, say amen. amen. As he spake these words, many believed on him. Say that with me. Many believed on him. I mean, there was a crowd here. Jesus had no trouble attracting crowds. He just had trouble keeping them. Now think about that a minute. Everywhere he went, when he was touching people, healing people, giving people what they wanted, he had no trouble with crowds. But when he turned around to tell them what he wanted, it thinned the herd every time. He says in verse 31, As he spake these words, many believed on him. Then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on him, If, that's the, listen, that is the greatest, largest, smallest word in the Bible. That one word has so much that, that, that rides on what it means. He said, If ye continue in my word, There's that second word, then. There is so many if and thens in the Bible. If you give, then it shall be given unto you. If you give up your life, then you really, truly find life. The Bible says this, if you continue in my word... Then are ye my disciples indeed. Now let's all, let's all read verse 31 together in unison and then we'll pray. Then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on him, If ye continue in my word, then are ye my disciples indeed. Dear Heavenly Father, bless us now. God, we love you. And Lord, we need you, especially right now. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. 
we've had some folks get saved in the last few weeks. Uh, folks that have trusted Christ, I've had the privilege and honor uh, to be involved in two or three of them personally myself. Uh, uh, usually I, I don't get that chance here at church because we usually have altar workers that take care of that type of thing. But God has made it where, uh, and I'm glad you don't got to be in church to get saved. That's not good English. You do not have to be in the building to receive salvation. Is that a better way to say it? Uh, you don't have to be here. It doesn't matter where you are. Uh, when you come to that place, you need the Lord. I'm glad you can find Him wherever you happen to be located. And I'm glad of that. And I'm glad there are people that are trusting Christ and getting saved. But one thing we need to understand, that is just the beginning. That is just the beginning. That is not the final step. That is not the final say. That's not all there is to it. Matter of fact, that's just the starting line. That's just the starting line. Uh, there's no, it's no, uh, usually I'm not, <clears throat> I'm not as blunt or uh, as open on Sunday morning as, as most any other time, uh, but I'm going to have to be frank with you today. Uh, you, it, it's no accident and there's no, there's no surprise that uh, we've, we've had uh, a change in program. We've been doing things differently. Uh, uh, we've been changing things around and it's no surprise. Everybody knows this, that there's a lot of people that don't like it. There's a lot of people that have left. We've had people that have left and gone other places, and and uh, and and I understand that, and I'm not I'm not putting my head in the sand and acting like I don't know that. I do know that. I realize that. I knew that before we ever instituted the changes. You say, well, why in the world did you do it? Because God said to do it. That's the main reason. Uh, and I'm not going to spend 20 minutes explaining all the details here and there. But I will say this: I, I know I know what my job description is. I know what my job description is. Some people don't know what that job description is. I've been everything uh, from a parolee. Uh, uh, I've been a plumber. I, 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 they, I, I've been a bodyguard. Uh, I've been a lawyer. And I'm not real good at the lawyer one. Amen. But I, I, I have been a lot of things. But, but to really understand what my job description is, is in Ephesians 4, verse 11. Don't turn there. You want to later, you can. But in, in Ephesians chapter 4, the Bible says that God gave pastors, teachers, and evangelists to the church as a gift for the perfecting of the saints. The word perfecting means maturing, developing, completing, uh, bringing them into maturity, bringing them into spiritual uh, wholeness, bringing them into Christ-like character, uh, that they be henceforth not tossed to and fro with every wind of doctrine. In other words, when you get saved, you need to grow up. When you get saved, you don't need to stay a babe in Christ. You need to begin to mature and grow. Why? Because there's cults out there. There's false religions out there. There's demons and devils out there that want to tell you a lie. And you need to know what God's Word has to say. And according to that Bible, it is my responsibility to do three things. I have three primary responsibilities. To present the truth. To present the truth. I need to preach the Word. I need to be instant in season, out of season. Sometimes i got to preach it when they like it, and sometimes i got to preach it when they don't like it. Listen, what determines whether the Word is being preached is not the temperature in the building, it's the need in the heart. And I've got to present truth. 
I've got to be ready. I've got to preach the word. There's times coming when they will not endure sound doctrine, but they shall heap upon themselves teachers having itching ears. And I'm telling you, we are living in that day right now. We're living in a time and a place where people just want to be told what they want to hear. Don't bother them. Don't apply nothing to my life. Don't come near me. Don't get too personal. I just tell me what I want to hear. I can't do that. I'm, listen, a doctor will not tell you that you don't have cancer if you have cancer. He will tell you if you have a need or he's not a good doctor. And I have to present truth. But then I have to provide training. I have to provide training. I have to provide means of helping you become mature in your Christian walk. I need, to, I need to lay out programs that are here that you could be involved in, that you could take part in, so you could become a mature Christian, that you become a soldier for Jesus Christ. Not an immature baby, but a mature, you, listen, mature, mature, strong, ready soldier for the Lord Jesus Christ. Listen, I'm supposed to do that. I'm also, listen, I'm supposed to protect. I am the under-shepherd. God has put me here. Why? Because there's wolves in sheep's clothing. There's wolves out there. The devil wants to tear this place apart. And God has placed me here to provide, present, and protect. That's my job. That's what God has sent me here to do. That's what we're here to do. Now you say, why would you say all that? Because I want to show you how I'm going to do my job. I'm going to show you how that God has told me to fulfill my calling at Temple Baptist Church. How many of y'all believe that once you're saved, you need to grow? All right? Now, here's the deal. If that is to take place, if that is to take place, you know what? I, I've never, I haven't seen no orange trees up here. You ever seen any? Anybody ever seen an orange tree up here? Up here. Why not? It won't grow. It's not in an atmosphere conducive for growth. Now, what is our responsibility? Our responsibility is staff people, all these guys up here and all the people that help run the ministries. It's our responsibility to produce an atmosphere that's conducive for growth. I'm just setting the table. I'm setting the table. I'm going to present truth in here in just a second. The Bible says this. According to the Great Commission, according to the Great Commission, he says, go and make what? Everybody say it. Go and make now watch what he says here in this verse. Verse 31. Then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on him. Read it with me now. What color is your writing? So what's that mean? Jesus is speaking. Say it with me. Okay, so there's a, there's a responsibility. Did y'all see that? There's something we have to do. We have to continue in his word. We cannot, uh, uh, we cannot just show up. Uh, we have to continue in His Word. Now, if we're going to understand that, we need to know what continue means. Amen? If we're going to continue in His Word, what does that mean? I'm going to give you three quick things this morning. Three quick things. Listen, there's three steps in continuing in His Word. There's three responsibilities that we have. There's three things that we can do to continue in His Word to become mature, to grow up in Christ, to be a strong Christian, to know our Bible. Why do you need to know your Bible? Because there's so many out there that don't. When you have somebody that, 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 that gets saved in a Baptist church and they end up going somewhere else to another denomination that's not teaching truth, something was wrong in the deal. I was, I, you say, what are you talking about? I was, in a, I was uh, on a plane. I was on a plane flying 
and, uh, and, 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 and the guy sitting beside me, uh, he got to talking, and he, he started talking about something about the Bible. So here we go. Amen. He started it, and I finished it. Amen. He said, I used to be Southern Baptist, but now I'm Catholic. I thought, what? How? Now, I could understand. But I, I said, how is it? And, and, I, and we, we talked, and we, we, we conversed and everything. But I sat that whole ride, I sat that whole ride thinking, where did that church go wrong? How could somebody be saved and live for a while? I'm talking about years in a, a Baptist church is supposed to be producing and presenting truth, sound doctrine to fall into something so far away from what God's Word truly says. There's a hiccup there. There's something wrong. There's something wrong. He wasn't matured. He wasn't developed. He wasn't strengthened in the Word of God to be what. So what happened? A wind of doctrine tossed him to and fro. Now listen, what are we, what are we going to do here at Temple? I promise you this, we do have a plan. I know, you, I know some of you think we don't, but we do have a plan. This is the way we're going to continue in His Word. This is, this is what we're going to do at Temple. We haven't done it completely exactly in this manner totally. Uh, we've done things here and there in different ways, but this is the vision, this is the destination, this is the direction we're going to go. What do we need to do, preacher? Number one, if we're going to continue in His Word, we must receive it. We must receive it. You cannot continue in something that you do not know. You cannot continue in something that you do not have. You cannot continue in something. You cannot apply it. You cannot live it. You cannot uh, abide by it if you do not receive it. You must receive it first. Listen, we see the manner in receiving it. The Bible says, the Bible says in 1 Thessalonians 2.13, For this cause also thank we God without ceasing, because when ye received the word of God which ye heard of us, ye received it not as the word of men, but as it is in truth, the word of God. Now, I like this part. Which effectually worketh also in you that believe. Preacher, what are you saying? What kind of attitude do you have when you come to the house of God? Do you come with an attitude and an anticipation of hearing from Almighty God? Do you have the idea that when you walk through those doors that God has something to say to me or are you coming to hear a sermon? Are you coming to hear a speech? Are you coming to hear a feel-good story? Are you coming to hear some psychological mumbo-jumbo that makes you feel better about yourself? I was listening, I was listening to a preacher this morning on, on, on the TV, and he was talking about our educational system. He says, uh, the United States educational system, the public school system, our kids rank number one in self-esteem, but last, dead last, in academic achievement. You know why? Because we've been teaching the wrong things to our kids. Are y'all with me? Now listen, here's the deal. When we come, when we come, do we come saying, I'm going to let God talk to me. I'm going to hear what God wants me to know for this week. You say, how does God talk to us? He talks to you through you reading the Word of God, and He talks to you through the preacher preaching the Word of God. But see, if we come with an attitude that we're just hearing somebody speak, or we're just hearing a speech, it's not going to work. You need to understand, what's being said from this book is coming from Almighty God. And I know what some of you are thinking. 
Because I thought it too. I said, Lord, if I tell them that, they're going to say, well, Lord, what about all these charlatans out there? They're saying, oh, they have the Word of God. What what do you say to that? Because there are a bunch of them. They're on every channel on the TV. Listen, all they're after is your money. I'm telling you, there's going to be a special place in hell for all of them. So how do you tell the difference? God said this, if what they say lines up with what this is reading. Now, if what he says lines up with that book, you better hang on. Are y'all with me? Listen, you've got to receive it. You've got to receive it. There's a manner in receiving it. It's an attitude of humility, and it's an attitude of hunger. 1 Peter 2, 2. As newborn babes, listen, they desire the sincere milk of the Word that they may grow thereby. Job 23, 12. Neither have I gone back from thy commandment of his lips. I have esteemed the words of his mouth more than my necessary food. How much do you hunger for His Word? What kind of appetite do you have for God's Word? Listen, we are in a crisis in America. We are in a crisis in our country where God's Word is not important anymore. Everything in the world takes precedent over God's Word. But if we're going to receive it, if we're going to receive it, we have to receive it in humility. Listen, the manner of receiving it, A. Then B, I want you to see the mode. The mode, how how are we going to receive it? By attending the service. Say that with me. By Titus 1 verse 3. Titus 1 verse 3. But hath in due times manifested his word. The word manifest means to unveil. It means to uncover, to reveal, to show. The Bible says he has manifested his word through preaching. What's one great way to receive and absorb the Word of God? Man, be faithful to the preaching. Be faithful. Come in and be ready to hear. Be ready with an attitude of reception. Be ready to say, sit in that chair and say, God, speak to me. I'm ready to hear. Listen, attending the service. The Bible says in Romans 10, 17, so then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Preacher, how... How are we going to receive the Scriptures? By attending the service, but then by absorbing the Scripture. Absorbing the Scripture. By reading and listening to God's Word. Watch what this verse says. 2 Timothy 2.15 2 Timothy 2.15 Study to show thyself approved unto God. A workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the Word of truth. This is Paul speaking to Timothy. But what's the, first, what's the first word in that verse? Say it again. You know what? The word study, the Greek word is spadazo. Spadazo. It means to use speed or to make an effort. To make an effort. Here's what we want. Here's what we want to do. When I was, in, when I was a senior in high school, I had marine biology. Now, kids, I don't recommend this. Don't do as I did, do as I say. Amen. I had marine biology. I had all my science credits. I didn't have, I didn't have to have it. I mean, it, it was, it, they said it was the easiest class, and the guy was a pushover, and he wouldn't care if you did sleep in class. So I was really enthused about that situation. Amen. And I had that marine biology class, and every day I'd sleep. I'd had my head on, on, on the book, and, 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 and I was sleeping. And, you know, I never realized the drool factor till too late. Say amen. But anyhow, I had my head on that book, and, and he come by and tapped my desk and said, Mr. Carter, 
this thing does not work by osmosis. He said, it's not just going to soak up through your head. It's not going to happen. I said, you know, that's, what, that's why we're here in biology to learn that. Amen. It's not going to soak up through my head. But you know, that's the way we act. That's the way we act. We act like all we got to do is come and it's just going to get and we're going to have what we, what, what we need and, 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 and that's all. You say, you're being awful hard on us. No, 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 no. I'm seeing marital problems. I'm seeing problems with children. I'm seeing all these things happening in our church. I mean, devastating things going on because we are immature. We are not making an effort to grow in our spiritual walk. And we want to blame God. We want to blame everybody in the world. But it's nobody's fault but our own because we are not doing something simple as making an effort to actually read God's Word. They used in, in, in our children's program, Awana, they used, they used this verse as a, 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 a life verse and they use it for their name. Awana, A-W-A-N-A. Approved workmen are not ashamed. You know, one of the greatest, one of the greatest things that they're doing in Awana is teaching young people to memorize the Word of God. To learn Scripture. Why? Because if they study it, if they make an effort, they are going to have that seed in their heart. And when the devil comes to bring temptation in their life, the Holy Spirit will bring that verse back to their mind. And they will have ammunition to be successful in the battle. Say amen. But they're making an effort. They're making an effort just about every day of this week. My little Kenzie came up to me. Here's my book. Listen. I said, yes, ma'am. Uh, she, held me, she handed me her book. She quoted her verse. Uh, she said, what P stands for? P stands for power. Amen. And she said, amen. She came the next day. I said, you done memorize this. She says, I'm ready. Here we go. Here's the book. Listen. So we did. Amen. You know what she's doing? She's making an effort. Man, it's high time we quit blaming and start claiming. Let's take responsibility for our own Christian life. Let's take responsibility for our own issues and our own problems and say, hey, I need to step up and be what God has called me to be. There is so much technology out there. What I don't read well, it's on DVD and tape. You can put it in your truck and listen. Faith cometh by. Are y'all with me? There's no excuse. There's no excuse for Christians to make an effort. It says, study to show thyself approved unto God. A workman needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. 1 Timothy 4.13, till I come, give attendance to reading, to exhortation, to doctrine. What's going to make us disciples when we receive the word? We receive it through the hearing of the preaching. We receive it through the teaching in the classes. We receive it that way. We read it for our own. That's the way we receive it. But then, this is one that's most important. This is the one, well, all of them are important, but this is critical. We not only receive the Word, say that with me. Number one, we, come on now, y'all don't get mad, say it loud. We, we receive the Word, but number two, we review the Word. Review the Word. What is the greatest tool for learning? Starts with R. Somebody said it. I heard it. Repetition. Say it again. Say it again. One more time. Repetition. Saying it over and over and over and over. Writing it down. One of the ways I hate is spelling. Anybody hate spelling with me? You can agree with me and we'll, amen. I hate his spelling. I hate it with a passion. 
uh, everybody else getting hundreds on their tests, and I, I, ugh, I hated it with a passion. I think they had an agenda out against me. But they'd make us write words out, write, write the word ten times, write the second word ten times, right? And, and they knew that repetition, 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 repetition. Now, here we are, here we are, now tell the truth, now tell the truth. If you lie right now, if you lie at this moment, in, the, in this house of God right now, you're going to leave with heartburn and your tires will be flat on your car when you got a parking lot. Go cut the tires, all right, you ready? All right. Now, how many of you, honestly, tell the truth, tell the truth, because right, this happened to me, this happened to me, and I'll be honest with you, but, but you were in a service. You were in a service, and it was exciting. You was in a service, and the preaching was great. And then when you got in the car, and by the time you got to the street, you couldn't remember one thing he said. Raise your hand. Higher. All right. I said higher, and they went. We got a communication problem here. Amen. You see that? Now, here's the deal. This is one thing. Let's just be logical just a minute. Let's be logical. Why are we even here? I mean, I mean, is this just because we're, we're, we're getting our check in heaven? I mean, are we here because God said to be here, so we're supposed to be here? That's the only reason I'm here, because God said I'm supposed to be here. I'm just making sure I'm staying, keeping my quota filled. Amen? That's not why we're here. Why did God design the church? Why did God design the body of Christ the way he designed it? Because he knew when you got saved, you'd be a babe in Christ. And every baby needs to go home to a family. Let me say something just a minute while I'm on that. I don't believe in same-sex couples getting children. That is not the way God designed it. And you know who's getting the worst end of that whole deal? Them babies. God designed it for a mama and a daddy to raise that child in the nurture and admonition of the Lord, that's the way it's supposed to be. God wants that baby to go home to a family that will nurture it and take care of it and teach it not to stick his finger in the light socket. Teach it to look right. Teach it, to act. Teach it not to run out there in the street. Teach it to get out of the lightning when it's lightning outside. Are you all with me? Now, you know, a baby Christian is the same way. God wants it to be in a family to teach it what he says, to help it to grow in the Lord and be patient with it in the process. Amen? Now, but what, 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 what are we doing? We're here for life change. You came this morning. This is what we're supposed to be here for. Now, everybody's here for different reasons, but this is what you're supposed to be here for. You come in the door. Now, I'm saying Christian. If you're not saved, you came to get saved. That's what you need to do today. Amen. But if you're saved, if you're a Christian... You come through those doors to say, okay, I'm going to learn something today to help me be more like Christ tomorrow. That's the purpose of the church. That's the purpose of this preaching and teaching is to develop disciples, develop Christ-likeness. Are you all with me? So would you all agree we are coming here to receive the word? You're coming to hear the word being preached and taught because you want to change your life. You are to become more like Christ. The whole purpose of you being here is to grow and grow and grow and grow and become more and more like Christ. Get stronger and stronger in your faith. Listen, be more and more like Jesus Christ. Would we all agree on that? All right, check this out. If what we receive, what we receive is supposed to change us. How is it going to change us if we don't retain it? Don't that make sense? One of the worst problems I had in school 
is I'd be, I'd be, the teacher would be putting notes on the board, and I would be thinking about that blonde I'd seen in the hallway. And it, it wasn't, put it all there, and when I walked out to class, what'd she say? And see here, I got a test the next day. Let me lay it to you this way. You may have a test on Monday. The devil may come your way and throw you a curveball. And God gave you the necessary materials to pass the test on Sunday, but you didn't retain it. And you forgot it. So when the test came on Friday, and that situation rose up, you failed the test. And it wasn't because the teacher didn't do their job. It wasn't that that God fell down on the job. He provided what was necessary, but we did not retain it. Now, there's anybody in this building who knows something about forgetting. I'm there. They've got the word forget in Webster's Dictionary. It's got my mug right beside it. I'm bad, bad, oh, mercy, I'm terrible at that. And you know what? I realize that with us. I realize that it's very easy to come in and enjoy watching. They're supposed to come to enjoy watching me sweat down to my socks and get excited about preaching. And I do, and I'm not going to change that. That's just what I am. I just am what I am, and that's all I'm ever going to be. And but, But see, if that's all we get out of it, then we're going to fail the test on Friday. See, that's not what it's about. It's about receiving. All right? I told you. I told you. And I know this ain't your typical message, but I'm just telling you this is what God said to do. I, it's my job to help you pass that test on Friday. Any teachers in here? Teachers in here? Will admit? Raise your hand. Raise your hand. Come on. Any other teachers? I know there's some up here. All right? How do you feel when on that test day all them kids fail that test? What does that make you feel like as a teacher? A failure. You know what? I know I can't control anybody. Now, Miss O'Neill and the other teachers in here, they can't control what them kids do. And, and, And they may have presented the truth and put it out there and put the information on the board and it doesn't matter it doesn't matter what if them kids fail that test that teacher feels like a failure boy when I've been seeing things that's been going on and things happening that shouldn't happen because we should be more mature I feel like a failure so what do we do we're going to take steps to make sure they don't say you sorry kids that's what you wanted to do but it didn't you don't kick them all out of school. You say, well, that didn't work. Let's drop back and punt and change this thing a little bit and see if we can do something else to help them retain. Are y'all with me? Y'all still love me? All right, so what are we going to do? What are we going to do? I'm, I'm, I'm the one supposed to lay it out. How are we going to do it then? Okay, here's how we're going to do it. What's, what was the first point? Do you remember? In order to be disciples and continue in the Word, we have to what? we got to receive it, but then we have to review it. Some of y'all know about our small groups. Some of y'all know about our small groups. 
uh, we are, we, if you're not in one, you need to get in one. Say, preach, I'm in one of the other classes. It don't matter. You need to still get in one. It would help you. It would encourage you. Why? Because this is what we're doing. Every single small group person, I want, it's going to be my goal to get every, and I say, is that going to happen? Probably not. You can't make anybody do anything, but I can sure encourage the fire out of you to do it. I want every single Christian, every single Christian in this house to have one of these. Why? While I'm preaching truth and presenting truth, you can write it down. Why? Because you're not going to remember it if you don't. Now remember this. If we receive the word and we go outside and we forget it, how is it going to change our life? And the reason that you came in here was to get something that was going to change your life and make you more like Christ. If you forget it, how is it going to change your life? So here's what we've done. Here's what we've done. We've set it up this way. Now, we'll have the outline over here. And while, while I'm preaching, you can be writing it down. Uh, there's been people that's come up to me and said, Preacher, boy, when you was preaching on such and such, man, I had a question right there. And now we've provided a place where you can write that question out. And in your small group time, when you are discussing the service, when you're discussing the message, when you're discussing the truth, or you are reviewing it, you can say, preacher said, what about, and give your question. What are you doing? You're reviewing what you learned on Sunday. You're reviewing it. Why? Because what's the greatest key to, what's the greatest key to learning? Repetition. Now let me ask you a question. And be honest as you can. I've got tradition. You've got tradition. I've got history and heritage. You have history and heritage. But let's just be honest just a minute. Let's be honest just a minute. Everybody, will you do that? Say, preacher, I pledge to be honest. I raise my right hand. I pledge to be honest with myself right here. Go ahead. It's okay. I'm going to be honest with myself. Now, don't say nothing. Don't raise your hand. Don't do anything. Honestly. Honestly. In your own heart. In your own heart. Which is better? To preach one time and present God's truth to you. And then you go to your small group, you go to your other, other church members that you're with, and you re- review that. I, I give out questions. If you're not in a small group, I'll tell you how it goes. I give out questions. I did this morning, Brother Chris O'Neill's got them. On what I'm preaching on today, and I listed ten questions on how to apply that to your life, what I'm preaching right now. And you review that and you go over that. And listen, you not only get it on Sunday, but in your small group, you're going over it in your mind. Is, are you more likely to remember that? Or if you hear three different messages and don't review none of them? Now, if you hear one and you remember it, which is going to most likely change your life? That one that you remember... Or them three that was really exciting to you, but you can't remember what he said. Now, I know what some of you think. Oh, you're just trying to back up your deal. No, I'm trying to be practical and honest. I'm trying to be practical and honest. 77% of our youth we're losing that grow up in church. 50% divorce rate in the church just like it is in the world. Something's wrong. And I'll tell you what it is. We receive it but we don't retain it. And, and as my job, it's my job to mature and develop you. And this is how I'm going to try to do my job. I'm going to set a goal. I'm going to set a goal of the percentage of people that's actually retaining and receiving this. As you go and you discuss it, you discuss 
uh, reading your Bible, you discuss forgiveness, you discuss whatever it may be, discuss God getting your attention, what we did last week. You're going to learn it. And if you receive it and you review it through meditation, meditation, uh, in Psalm 1, it says, uh, 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 I delight in the law of the Lord, and in that law doth I meditate day and night. Meditate means to contemplate. To think. How many of y'all seen a cow? Everybody ain't seen no cow? How many of y'all drink some milk? It came from a cow. Now, how many of y'all have ever seen a cow out in the pasture doing this? Doing what Brother Aaron's doing right now? Show him, Aaron. Amen. See that? Now, what's that cow doing? He don't have juicy fruit. What's the cow doing? Chewing his cud. Do you know what that is? I better not say it before lunch. Amen. It is something that has been previously received. And it's been brought back up for review. You didn't think I could say that dignified, did you? It's been... That's good. I tell you, that was good. Tell the truth, Chris. It, it's been previously... But now it's being brought back up for review. Man, that's great stuff, man, I tell you. You can't go to college and learn that, amen. Hallelujah. Church, amen. Now, you say, why is all that necessary? It's very simple. Because we have to do number three. We have to do number three. We have to receive the word. We have to review the word. So we'll be able to... Ah, uh, number three. Help me now. I'll give them B in a minute. Uh-huh. That B is memorization, by the way. If you're taking notes, it's meditation and memorization. But see, all of that's necessary. All of that's necessary. That we could do this right here. The Bible says in James 1.22, James 1.22, the word rehearsed, by the way, the word rehearse means to perform or practice. What are we supposed to be doing with what we learn in this house? Apply and practice it. Perform it. Now watch this. James 1.22. James 1.22. Read it with me. But be ye and... Say it again. Say it again. Watch this one. Watch Luke chapter 6. Luke chapter 6, verse 46. Why call ye me Lord, Lord? And watch this one. Luke eleven twenty eight. Watch what he says. Uh, Luke, let's see. Luke eleven twenty eight. You have that one, Brother Chris? I'll read it while they're getting it. I'll read it while they're getting it. Luke eleven twenty eight says this. But he said, yea, rather... Blessed are they that hear the word of God and keep it. Now, all of that, all of that, I said, was so we could actually accomplish number three. The whole purpose of us coming into this building today is to receive something from God's word to help us do what we hear and learn. That, don't that make sense? We're to live it. 
He said, don't be a hearer of the word. Be a doer of the word. Be a doer of the word. Say that with me. Be a... In other words, we are to be living what we are learning. But watch this. How can you live it if you don't remember it? See, I'm not... It's not my job to entertain you. It's my job to change you. And and I'm, I'm as guilty of this as anybody. There's preachers I love to hear, not because of what they say, but how they say it. But you know, that didn't change me. Because it's not in the way they say it. It's not in the drama. It's not in all that. What changes a person is the Word of God. And I've seen, and this is, how many of y'all have ever ever heard uh, Dr. David Jeremiah? You ever heard him? Anybody? Raise your hand if you heard him. He hardly ever gets above a monotone. Sometimes. I mean, as far as the type that I grew up with, it wouldn't, not even close. Because the ones I grew up with, by the time they're through preaching, they're half-dressed and sweating. I mean, they're just like a bumblebee, in the, I mean, just going after it. Uh, uh, you hear about every third syllable. You know, them raspy-talking mountain preachers. That's what I grew up with. But you know what? It is not his style. He said, but look at all the people. Look at all the ministry. Look at all the books. And look at all the, the influence and impact he's had on the world. You know why? Because it's not in his style. It is in what he's giving. It's the word. And we have got to be careful that we don't get so hyped up and excited about the style of service that we have and the style of worship that we forget that we're supposed to be retaining what we're learning. And if y'all will be honest, I know this is a boring message. I know it is. And it's not my style, but it's what God said to do today. But if we'll be honest with ourselves, how many times and how many hours have we wasted because we left the church of God and forgot what was presented in the Word? I mean, honestly. Brother Johnny, if we're going to have changed lives, we've got to remember what we received. And all I'm trying to do is make it easier. You know what a good teacher is? Somebody that can make something complicated and make it seem easy. And all I'm doing, I know it seems complicated to have to read your Bible and and, and know what it means. That's why I break it down. And I spend a whole lot of time, a whole lot of time, making it chewable. Any of y'all seen a mama? I don't know if they do it anymore because they all got it in jars. But that, that mama, this uh, country mama, usually grandma's is doing that, but they'll take them green beans and put it in their own mouth and, and take it and give it to that baby. See, that's my job. I'm to take something that's not you may not really be able to handle yet because it may be the meat of the word and break it down into bite-sized portions. 
And I'm not trying to make you a Bible scholar. I'm just trying to keep you from being ignorant of the Bible. Because I'm tired of seeing you get beat up. My people are destroyed because of a lack of knowledge. Now church, and I'm going to say this in love, there is nobody in this building that wants to see this building filled no more than me. I go to sleep with it on my mind. I wake up with it on my mind. It's all I think about. I care about this place. I care about you. But God didn't call me to bring a crowd. God called me to train an army. And there's going to be people that's for it. And there's going to be people that's against it. And I promise you this. If you stay and you give it a chance, you'll never be the same. You'll have victory in your life. Your life will never be the same. All I ask is just give it a chance. Give it a chance. Because if we're going to continue in His Word, number one, we have to... Number two, we have to. Number three, we have to rehearse it. It's not about hearing it. It's about living it. Church saying, Lord Jesus, I ask you right now,